What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 82 this week. Ooh. 82. Yeah, man. I know we say it every week and we're like amazed at how many episodes are there. But I mean, come on guys, we've been around almost two years. Yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy. It doesn't seem like that long, honestly. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's been flying by, yeah. but, you know, because it's fun. Yeah, seriously. Right? Everything goes by fast when you're having fun, right? Exactly. That's the point. That's the point. Well, we got a special show oh, for you guys this man. week, man. We have the one and only Danny Strong coming on the show today. Doyle. And, yeah, Doyle, basically. <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. Whatever he is, so many. Like awesome characters, you know who he is. I mean, exactly. there's no doubt. Exactly, he's been attached and created so many great projects. If you're following us on social media, you know we've been promoting it all oh, week. Yeah. And like he uh, screen wrote for the Hunger Games, the Mockingjay Part One and Two, yep, yep. Uh, the Butler Lee Daniels, the Butler. Oh yeah, and like just so much other stuff. The creator of Empire, Empire like right? Like right. how many people do you think know that? Exactly. Like they I don't. mean, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Well, we also got some crazy industry news for you. As I'm sure everybody saw that Kevin Hart got into an accident. Mm. And plus, you know, we got Netflix and Disney to talk about. (laughs) Since episode one. 82 weeks later, we are still talking about Disney and Netflix. It's crazy, honestly. Like, literally every single week. I don't think – I would have to go back and listen, but I'm almost positive it has literally been every episode we have had a story about them in industry news. Yeah, seriously. Wow. Seriously. And, of course, you know we're talking streaming wars and just a whole bunch of other stuff. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. A lot of stuff happened this week, honestly. It did. And I – I have my wine. He's I'm ready for the show. Wine. Yeah. yeah. This is Apothic White yeah. is the choice At today. At least every other day you tweet, you know what's great? It's time to kick back, <laughs> relax, and enjoy a glass or two of wine. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's how I, I start the day with coffee. Yeah. I end the day with wine. You know. And if it's a really good day, I have bo- some of both in between. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just how it goes. That's that's my day. Exactly. So thank you, Apothic, though. Uh, always, uh, you know, that man, they've got some good – I saw they released a new, like, sparkling red. Oh, oh! Yeah. Gonna have to try that. Definitely, have to try that. Maybe they'll send me some. Yeah, hey, exactly. Apothic, send me some, man. Shout Come out, on. shout out. Send me some of that. Oh shit! Oh shit! Well, of course, we got to introduce the host for this week, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What up? Oh, man, of course. And you know we got to plug our website and our merchandise website, crazyantmedia.com. Make sure to head over there and click on our merchandise page where you can get like hats, hoodies, shirts, sweatshirts, anything you want with the Crazy Ant logo on them. You want Bonk, you want the podcast logo, basically anything you want. We got bags. Like I said, we got bags. hats. Yeah. Bags. That, that, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. Here in L.A., you guys know the struggle exactly. with bags. No, no. Especially at the perfect. grocery store. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to keep paying 10 cents for a bag or you want to do what's right? Get you a Crazy Ant bag. They're exactly. perfect for groceries and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Go to that website. Exactly. Get you a Crazy Ant bag. Bring it to the grocery store. That's all I'm saying. Hell do right yeah. by the environment. Exactly. Do right by us. Do right by yourself. That's exactly. all I'm saying. Hell yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. And I haven't, I swear, this is my first glass. Yeah, I swear. Right. Just say it. Just say it. Well, let's kick this thing off with we think, or at least in my opinion, it was the biggest story of the week, and it's super crazy. Kevin Hart, he was in a serious car accident yeah, man. last Sunday, Sunday morning in Calabasas, California. The actor comedian uh, underwent back surgery Sunday night, and he's expected to remain in the Northridge Hospital Medical Center for the next couple days. So hopefully he's okay. He wasn't driving, and there was two other people in the vehicle. And it seems like 
the driver was not under the influence of anything during the collision. So I I don't know, man. Hopefully everything turns out okay and it was just a freak accident. Now those hills that they were on, it's crazy. That street. Yeah. Look, look, we've driven through there. The area is around Malibu and we've driven that street. And I got to tell you, I mean, I like to drive crazy, but even I was like, no, I better like take this kind of, you know, and they were in a muscle car. Yeah. You know, he had gotten it for his birthday or, you know, and they were clearly having a little fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like JLo said, no alcohol involved. Uh, um, we should, it's scary stuff, though. They released the 911 tape, and apparently Kevin was the only one able to get out of the car. Yeah, that's crazy. The other two were pinned. Well, I saw the pictures. Yeah. Like, it, and, it looked um, rough. He said the driver was incoherent and yeah. stuck in the car. They had to rip the, the roof off yeah, to get him out and fly him. He was um, airlifted to UCLA Medical Center where he uh, – is just surrounded by his family members right now. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. he makes a full recovery. But the third passenger was not hospitalized. No, nope. so yep. that's good. It just seems like a freak accident. Yeah, and look, apparently Kevin was like pretty seriously injured. He yeah. had to have the back surgery. He's gonna. I just read today months of rehab mm. to get through. But somehow was coherent enough to make the nine one one call yeah. and you know get people out there. So man, I just I've been look. I've been in an accident like that where mm-hmm. I flipped a car on the interstate. Um, and it, that's some scary shit, man. Some mm-hmm. sc- to keep your wits and to keep your stuff together when you're injured. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how he did it, man. But yeah. it, oof. I hope he gets a speedy recovery. Yeah, though. seriously. Um, he had just finished a couple films, mm-hmm. so he's got some stuff coming out. So you know, you will see him in the time that he's rehabbing yeah. and everything. So. Um, how about the rock though right you see him rock yeah. you know they're like besties now i think they're having a like serious bromance dude came off of his honeymoon yeah to take kevin's spot on kelly clarkson's show that's crazy yeah apparently kevin was supposed to be the first guest her very first guest yeah. and couldn't do it of course the yeah. rock leaves his honeymoon yeah to be for his bro that's and, real. and like take his spot. that's real i would do that for you i'm yeah, just saying i would do that, that for you yeah yeah it's just super crazy i'm never getting I mean, married again but uh, yeah. i would totally do that <laughs> for you like yeah just... i mean hopefully he'll be like he'll be able to recoup and it doesn't diminish his like comedy his writing for his uh comedy specials and stuff because i was listening to his i think he was on joe rogan that's where i was listening to an interview and he was talking about it takes two years to put together basically a comedy stand-up special so hopefully that doesn't distract anything from what goes into that piece of art so hopefully he makes a full recovery and like we know we see time and time again, like after horrific accidents like this, uh, some people get addicted to painkillers. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen. In yeah. Can case. we just send a shout out to his doctors? Don't put him on opioids. Exactly. Okay. We don't need another one gone. Exactly. All right. That shit is crazy. It's dangerous. We get it. Yeah. Don't, Kevin, don't take the opioids. Okay. Yeah, don't don't do it, buddy. Goodness gracious. But uh, getting more into the juiciness <laughs> of the business. Uh, <laughs> AT&T juicy. Juicy. AT&T slash Warner Media CEO John Stanky there has been named the president and chief operating officer at AT&T beginning October 1st. Now, he was the CEO of Warner Media and the CEO COO role is newly created position at AT&T and reporting directly to the CEO Randall uh, Stevenson there. Uh right, right. And so but he's still going to be also the CEO of Warner Media. Yeah. He's he, he's going to be doing both. Yeah. Um we so, talked about this. Remember I, in a couple of weeks ago I said that I didn't really think in my opinion, Randall Stevenson was the right guy to be running right. AT&T just because he doesn't seem to have a grasp on the entertainment 
juggernaut that right. it now is. So I think this is a smart move. Yeah. I think I think that Stanky does have an understanding of the entertainment side yeah. of it. Um. So I think this is the right move. My only worry is I hope that he just doesn't get overwhelmed with just everything that probably bombards his office every day. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I I don't know, but I'm. Ho- because, I mean, when I think of AT&T, I think of, like, direct TV, phones, um, you know, cable, basically. Right. I, I really don't think of, like, the entertainment side of it. So I hope he is able to balance, like, that technical side of it, like, with the, the cords and the cable and with like the entertainment side with the studio and warner media and everything like that right i thought I th- but I-, I think so because he was the one who orchestrated the um uh buy of direct tv okay and the different things because he understood that eventually this merger was going to be happening yeah and the outlet to be able to push the content yeah um you, you know, I, it, he he kind of orchestrated that and has been kind of in on all of that. I think he really understands like that side of it. I I, I just don't think Stevenson ever did. Yeah. He's more that like you just said, the technical phones yeah. and and like what AT and T, a communication yeah, company, more communications kind of a thing. than actual entertainment. Right. And so so now here's what I like though: Ann Sarnoff, mm-hmm. who just took over Warner Brothers Pictures. Right. When she interviewed with Stanky, she said it was an immediate meeting of the minds mm-hmm. that he got the importance of content and the streaming and all. So. There you go. Yeah. And I think Stevenson recognized that, which is why he promoted Stanky yeah. to as COO. Um so we'll see. Maybe this is a sign that Stevenson is thinking about the end, maybe, the yeah. stepping down and the line of succession is being set up. Right. My opinion, I think it would be great to let Stanky take over as CEO of AT&T, mm-hmm. move um uh uh Warner Brothers uh Ann Sarnoff up to CEO right. of um you know, or COO of AT and T, and then bring somebody else in at, at Warner Media. I think that would be the right succession. Right, but we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, seriously. I mean, because I'm even if she just got moved up to CEO at just Warner Media in exactly, general, and then have somebody else as CEO of in Warner Brothers Pictures. Pictures. Right. Yeah, because she's definitely got a strong grasp. Yeah. Her philosophy that she's bringing in to Warner Brothers Pictures, I really like. And look, if this is guys. It w- make no mistake about it. This is all about Disney. Mm-hmm. Okay? Everybody understands that Disney is a content juggernaut. Exactly. And now they have the opportunity to put all that out there on their own service. Exactly. Well, AT&T has this. As you guys know, they're launching their own streaming service. And, and Warner Brothers has a shit ton of content, guys. Mm-hmm. Television and film. And they need somebody that understands the importance of rolling that content out exactly. properly. So, we'll see. I, I hope this move works. Um, I'm rooting for it. Yeah. Because, you know... I, I mean, obviously, I want Disney to be the juggernaut that you know, it is. Yeah. But in order to stay at the top and, and, and always elevate the game, you need competition. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if these guys, AT&T and Netflix and Amazon and all them, Apple, if they can't compete, then that doesn't do well for Disney either, in yeah. my opinion. So. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Warner Brothers needs a win. Warner Media needs a win. They it's, do, I man. mean, they got it coming out, but I don't – they – I can't – I don't think any other big tentpole movies came from them this year. No, honestly. not not really. I mean, they they they're hitting and missing with well, Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman other was than huge, that. but yeah, um, they're hitting and missing. Yeah. You know, they need and some even consistency. That, was that 2019 or was that 2018? No, it was this year, right? Was it? Yeah, I think this. I think so. I yeah. want to say like the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but um, 
But yeah, they need a win. They need more wins in order to compete with the Mouse House. Yeah, yeah. That's what they, I'm Because they're everything's a win for them. Exactly. Like so, yeah. They gotta... I mean, the summer box office was basically Disney. Exactly. Just saying. Exactly. Just saying. We're getting into the streaming side of things. Netflix and France's Canal Plus. Uh, yeah, I said France. You know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. bonjour, bonjour. Uh, <laughs> are in discussions for a distribution distribution partnership the negotiations are understood to surround netflix becoming an extra option for canal subscribers in france and though the streaming service could not also potentially it could also be potentially bundled in a package offer so like disney is doing with espn and hulu so they're i mean they're trying to step their game up especially internationally they are they are that's basically what this whole deal is about is trying to get themselves out there in an international market um and this is weird though because they've been competitors in the past yeah you know canal has not always been a fan of netflix so for them to finally kind of start like well let's try to work something out kind of a thing i mean i think what do they say the enemy of my enemy is my friend exactly so So, everybody's just trying to compete with disney because because everybody sees all the content that they're about to roll out. Yep. So, I mean, they just they got to make it work somehow. And even if it's with somebody that they don't necessarily like or agree with. So, I I understand. And, I mean, they have a huge international base already, especially over in, like, they India. Do. They have they do. hubs and European stuff over there. So, they're just trying to expand basically all over Europe, it looks like. Exactly. And, again, have to because Disney's got a monumental international exposure. Exactly. That brand is the the most recognized brand in the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, <laughs> make no mistake. All these moves are all to be able to compete with what's coming from exactly. Disney. So, it's a smart move. Exactly. Speaking of, they're also experimenting with dropping episodes for their shows weekly yeah. as opposed to all at once. Yeah, and I saw this was going to be with some um, – British content that right. that's coming out of Britain or London and um, British over there. Yep, British people over there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They want to test it. Yeah, because obviously we've seen DC Universe and a, f- and a few of the others yeah. drop stuff to where like normally you have to wait a week to see the next episode. Yeah. People like that. Right. So I guess, you know, Netflix, well, wait a minute, but people like to binge watch too. So yeah, exactly. they did clarify we're not getting rid of yeah. binge watching. We are still going to, but they just, they want to see. Exactly. I mean, and I mean, you know, honestly, I feel like if they did this more with their popular shows that it might help Netflix in the long run because think about it. After you binge watch the show, like the season, then sometimes people will cancel their subscription until – and the next season comes out exactly. If they don't have anything else to watch on there, then that's exactly. It, so. But if you got to spread it out over thirteen weeks, exactly, you know that's three four months where you have to find something else to watch on exactly. there. So that's what I'm saying, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's a smart move. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see. I, I personally like it like that, yeah, because it does make me spend more time and and look for other content. Right. While what can I watch in between? Exactly. And so I mean, I like it like that. So we'll see. Agreed. And I mean, especially if their originals fucking take. So so long to come out from yeah, season to season. Right, like The like Crown. Years, I mean, come like, on. Yeah. How many people you think canceled Netflix after they watched The Crown and knew they had to wait almost three years for the exactly. next season? That's crazy. Exactly. Well, I mean, I feel like that's the reasoning behind them always having recaps at the beginning of each season because they take so long to put out another exactly. season. Exactly. So the people need a recap of what happened last time. That's what happened with me and 13 Reasons Why right now. Right. Honestly, because I was like, there's so much shit that happens in that 
that show, like everybody is so super duper shady. So I definitely need a recap at the beginning. So I feel like it would only make sense to go for the weekly option. So hopefully they do that in hopefully. a longer run. Um, now, interesting thing is that the longest running show that's ever been a Netflix original has been Grace and Frankie. And yep, yep. that's been huge for an older audience. I mean, and a whole bunch of female audience watchers as well. Yep. And it's only been on there for seven seasons, and that's the longest-running thing. Seven that's seasons, That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. The and average, I think, is like four. Right. Like four to five. Right. You're lucky if you get four. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, and it's ending, though. We yeah, should say that the, a seventh season will be its last. Yeah. So, Because the reason I wanted to talk about it is I feel like – Netflix needs more seasons for these shows. Agreed. If you've got a popular show and people are returning to watch it, why are you killing it in the middle of its popularity? That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's a yeah, it's crazy. Let it run until people don't want to watch exactly. it anymore. Well, I mean, that's my thing with Stranger Things. Like, why is it ending after season four? Like, right. what the shit? Right. Like maybe. Maybe the Duffer Brothers don't want to do it anymore. Maybe it costs a lot because the anim- – or not the animation, but the computer technology for that show is absolutely insane. And I bet the budget for it is insane. So, I mean, maybe like they kind of came to an agreement about that. But still, like if this is such a popular show and people would rather stay at home on the 4th of July right. and watch it right. rather than go out and spend time like watching fireworks, then – and Why I mean, not come just on, keep no. it? They, they can handle these budgets. I mean, look, hey, Stranger Things is everywhere. Yeah. You, anywhere you go, you can find Stranger Things merchandise. Exactly. They've got that shit packaged up nice and tidy. They're exactly. making a shit ton of money off that shit. At least on the merch. So, yeah. Exactly. I mean, come on. They they can they can keep the show around if they want to. Agreed. I just, agreed. Well, my concern is them spending so much fucking money on other shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, yeah. They, they, they're spending but, more money on the. Not the license shit, but the shit that's already made and ready to be bought and, from somewhere. And these original films. Yeah. I, I think, you know, go a little bit lower on the original films right. and focus more on what got you where you're at, which yeah. is the original series. Yeah. And play, you know, you got to use smart money. There's money and then there's smart money. Exactly. You know, look, they say Triple Frontier there was a bomb. Yeah. So why would you come right out and spend even more money on another big film? You've got to prove yourself in that arena. Exactly. And so far, kind of hit and miss in that arena. But in the shows, they've done really well. Exactly. So use your money smartly. Exactly. You know, build build up to the original films. Yeah. Build up to those budgets. Exactly. Get you under a few under your belt that are successful. Right. And then you know spend that well, I money. Mean, we talk about all the time. Kodachrome. That was a fantastic yes. film. That was probably yes. the budget was probably nothing. Exactly. And it was. It's probably, in all honesty, my most favorite original film on there. Agreed. That I've seen. It was just brilliant yeah and it had great stars in it exactly. it's not like it was hurting for talent no. you know but like you said a modest budget and mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was brilliant agreed. so agreed oh i'm excited about this next one yeah yeah yep king of queens himself uh kevin james yeah apparently he's going to netflix yeah he's a big nascar fan oh did my, you know that i did not know that yep obviously. yep he's a big nascar fan and so he's gonna bring that love to the network. All right. He's bringing it to uh, Netflix. He's going to star in and produce um, in a, a multi-camera comedy called The Crew. Mm-hmm. I like I like this idea too. So it's basically uh, the owner of the uh, of the car, mm-hmm. you know, uh, steps down, 
passes the team on to his daughter. Okay. It's kind of like um, we talk about this all the time in, in, in uh, Raven's Vision a little yeah, bit. Um, basically, she's all into the new mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, we got to do this, yeah. that, social media, marketing, Instagram, yeah. all this guy. And he's old school pit crew. Right. He's like, no, this is how racing yeah, is supposed exactly. to be. So they start button heads. Right. And they start learning from each other kind That's of a cool. thing. I love this premise. Yeah. I can totally see Kevin as like an old greaser. Yeah. You know, working the crew and exactly. working in the pit and kind of like bumping heads with it. Yeah. The, the real question is, will it be Leah Remini, who's the daughter of the <laughs> <Right. dicks? That'd laughs> Because be they seem to be in everything. And exactly. Like, he brings them in. Um, I don't know. I'm excited about it. I yeah. think Kevin James is, is uh, he's a perfect fit for Netflix, yeah. in my opinion. Well, what I'm happy about is, in which he probably went over to Netflix because his buddy Adam Sandler there probably have a good relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, so Absolutely. that makes sense. But what I'm happy about is, this is kind of an original idea. I mean, yeah. you don't really see a lot of stuff about or at least TV content or movie content mm-hmm. about actual NASCAR racers. So I'm excited to see the like just a new story. I've been talking right. about for weeks that just shit is just like reboot after reboot, remake yeah. after remake. We're hearing the same story, so I'm excited to see something new. Me too. Me too. And and to have it centered in the garage, yeah. in the pit crew, yeah. as opposed to the the, the face of, yeah. you know, that I th- yeah, it's just a great idea. Exactly. I think it's a great idea. Exactly. He's not the only one that's coming to Netflix though. No. 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 Zach Galifianakis. Everybody remembers his uh funnier die interviews that he did with a whole bunch of different yeah. people. Yeah. Like Justin Bieber, Brad Pitt, the uh, Barack Obama. Yep, between uh, two ferns. Between two ferns. Well, now he's going to make that into a feature length film which i don't know how he's gonna do this honestly i don't know either but they they, they kind of had the trailer and they gave a synopsis of it a little and yeah. it, it just it looks fucking hilarious i mean it it really does basically he he's on this like road trip yeah to complete a series of interviews for the show yeah and so this whole thing focuses on his road trip and this fiasco to redeem his reputation because yeah. apparently everything kind of goes wrong. So it's just Zach being Zach, yeah. basically. I, I don't know. I think that's what he does best. Yeah, honestly. When Zach is just Zach yeah. and it's just goofy shit, it's funny as fuck. Yeah, so honestly. I, 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 I loved the show. I love yeah. the funnier die stuff. Yeah, same. So I'm hoping that, that this is going to be one of those that's either – it hits mm-hmm. and it's like huge or it's just going to bomb. bomb. Yeah. yeah, there's no in between I don't think for this one. It's just exactly. either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it, yeah. but you know. I thought about putting him on my top 5 this week cuz our top 5 is a uh, top 5 actors we want to see more of. And honestly, he hasn't had the amount of popularity or the amount of projects since The Hangover. That I feel like that's true. probably been his peak franchise. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, like, he'll get some views with this, and maybe he'll make a little resurgence. Yeah. But I think he's one of those that, like, he'll only work on a project if he really feels like he wants to or he's attached to it. Agreed. So it makes sense. It makes sense. It but does. hopefully he makes a nice little resurgence. Um, the movie is supposed to be streaming on Netflix September 20th, so you'll be able to see that pretty soon. Yep, in a couple of weeks. So yep. we'll, we'll find out, hit yep. or not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ah, uh, Hulu. Oh man! Mm. Of course, couldn't talk about Netflix without Hulu. Uh uh-uh. uh Hulu is spending some money. We mm-hmm. we talked about the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. You know, well they do now have. I mean, obviously anybody who's not living under a rock knows Handsmaid Tale. Yeah, huge huge hit for them. Just picked up for another season. Yeah, massive winning Emmys left and right. And everything. Did you guys know there's a sequel though? This is a book, and yeah. there's there's sequels to this book. Well, 
Hulu recently announced that they are developing a series based on the follow-up book to Hands Made Tale, The oh, Testaments. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which they're they're gonna do it. Uh, it's an important extension they're calling it to their flagship series. Mm-hmm. N- interesting how now they're calling Hands Made Tale their flagship yeah. series, like their original Star Trek, right. and they're I... gonna spin everything off of this. Well, it seems like that's probably Hulu's. Honestly, most recognizable original, honestly. Oh, yeah, without doubt. Yeah. Without doubt. So this is going to be interesting, though. A lot of people are not happy about them putting this one in development. Really? Yeah, which is kind of odd. I mean, I just... I, I don't know. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. I just hope they don't go crazy, kind of yeah. like AMC did with The Walking Dead. Right. Where overexposure yeah. and killing it to the point now where the ratings just consistently keep dropping yeah. and dropping and dropping. Don't overexpose it. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I think it's smart. Yeah. You know, but you got to do it right. Don't, you know. Yeah, you got to do it right. You got to do, do it right. Because right, shit will and we, know, we know, we know. Hulu, you know, they're, they're, they do things right. Yeah. And then sometimes they don't. Yeah. So, you <laughs> get, get make sure. Exactly. Just saying. Exactly. A part of Disney. So, I mean, you got to represent that mouse house. That Yeah. Absolutely. Which is probably why they're doing. They, they got the money now. Exactly. I'm just saying, they got the money now. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, I didn't. We didn't put it in here, but uh, um, the dude from the oh, I forget his name, but it's another person attached to Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. I did see that. I yeah. did see. It. Okay, look. I'm excited about this. Yeah. I'm. I'm just. I'm worried about it. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about. You know. I, I just. I don't know if you can do it any better right. than Peter Jackson's yeah. interpretation of it. So we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, this is an actual name. I mean, uh, he's from the Maze Runner, and he was just yep. in that um, that Netflix original, the um, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Yep. 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 So. Uh, I'm about to look up his name, so let's see. Hold on. Give me a second. <laughs> and you know how we do that. IMDb Pro. IMDb Pro. We talk Pro. about this every week. See, this is a perfect example of why you need IMDb Pro. Exactly. It's the Bible of the industry. If you can't think of a name, give it one second. We will have the name. Exactly, exactly. Will Poulter. Dead look, see how quick that was? Exactly. I'm he just was saying. also in um, We Are the Millers, Detroit. Yes. The Chronicles yes. of Narnia. Like, he's been, that's, I feel like that's the first name that's going to be attached to this and he's a young up-and-comer so congratulations to him and yep. he's probably he might be getting paid more than uh, uh, maybe. maybe i mean maybe. but that happens with the experience, experience. you get more money oh that is that's that how that works that's how that that's works. how it should work like, anyway but honestly honestly well the next thing we're going to be talking about is it chapter two i'm, I'm so sure excited I, I know right sunday I too. going to see it this weekend it's been creeping a lot of people out i'm sure everybody's seen this on like social media parents in uh brisbane australia file complaints for the giant posters of the it chapter true apparent it chapter two apparently they are just terrifying their children and giving them nightmares um and in australia it's ma 15 plus and the thing with it is they don't the parents didn't want any of these posters in areas where children would be and the ad company ad standards they were just like look there's no nudity there's no sexualness there's no like what there's no foul language there's no sex no sexuality no nudity in the advertisement so we're not taking them down, and I don't blame them. Honestly, it's just a movie, right? Like, well, don't okay. look at look, it. Look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in Brisbane, so I don't know, right? But I could see this being a valid argument if you had a giant old Pennywise billboard 
you know, right on the corner of an elementary school. Right. And it's looking out over the playground, right. you know, or so. Okay, maybe. Right. But to say you can't put it in an area where there's kids, exactly. like, like, that's just ridiculous. Exactly. I totally see, like I said, if they were, if they were marketing it in areas directly affecting right school kids yeah but, it's not like they're by not. a park yeah. or something like that i, I so. mean come on and they're not like you said they're not promoting the violence they're not promoting the nudity or any of that stuff i exactly. mean it's just come on i mean exactly because i mean there's some horrific stuff that happens in this next one we've heard mm, like mm. there's supposed to be a rape scene abusive boyfriend scene in which um maybe maybe we have a little interview with uh, uh, yeah, somebody on an yeah. upcoming uh show exactly will brinebank yeah. um if you guys are familiar with the book uh it chapter two you know you know there's there is an abusive relationship it does not go well um and you know who we're talking about and yeah we may have the um actor who's portraying this role in the film exactly exactly well that's it for this uh, topic. I just love how the advertisement people, the advertisement company was just like, look, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just doing what we're doing. Like, And the thing is, it's not like Hollywood Boulevard like exactly. where everything's an advertisement. This is like every so often you see maybe a billboard. You see maybe like a poster on a bus seat or right. a bus bench or right. some shit like that. And I mean – it just is what it is. You see girls and guys that dress provocatively out in the real world. So what's the difference between kind of being scared and then kind of like admiring the people who are growing up provocatively? It's kind of in the same boat. It is. Yeah. It is. It, it just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> now, this next one, oh, goodness, this is what we were talking about. I'm going to get some comments, I bet, on yeah. this next one because... Being paid fairly, being paid fairly. Uh, the Crazy Rich Asians, one of the uh, screenwriters, uh, Adele Lim, departs from the sequels. There's supposed to be two more coming out because of pay disparity. Yeah. Yeah. Pay disparity. Mm-hmm. Now, John, uh, John Chu wanted to keep the whole creative team together. Yeah. Which, obviously, when you have a huge hit like that to do sequels, that's a smart move. Yeah. You want to bring everybody back. Well, you want to keep the creative team together. But apparently that didn't happen because apparently Adele Lim was being offered far less than her co-writer, Peter yeah. Chiarelli, um, for the sequel. Yeah. Uh, she did not like that. She felt like she needed to be paid equal, mm-hmm. and so she bailed. Yeah. And I mean, which the thing is, she, she she just doesn't have the experience to be paid the same amount as the other screenwriter. Exactly. Because if you look up the stuff she has written for, she's only written the most three episodes for a show. Like, right. We should say she was a TV writer. Yeah, she was a TV before writer. Before being approached by John Chu to come help co-write this script. Exactly. Where her co-writer, Peter... Already had three feature films under his belt, including The Proposal, which was a huge hit. Exactly. Um, so he's he's more experienced. Right. He's written some screenplays, you so, know, feature films yeah, before. It is what it is. It's not like the CEO of a company is being paid the same amount that a mailman or a, the mailboy of the company is being paid. Right. Right. Look, and, and I, I mean, I really feel like we should clarify this because we're, we're both on the same page on this. We're all for equality. We're all for women's rights. We don't think that a woman should be paid less than a man. Right. 
But what we do feel is that you should be based on merit, on performance. We don't feel that equality should have anything to do with your gender. Right. And let me clarify by that. I don't mean that you should be paid less or more because you're a man and or a woman. Right. I think the only thing that should your your pay should be judged on is your experience and your merit. Exactly. What do you bring? Exactly. If you're the most qualified, if you're the most experienced, if you're the most talented, you should make the most money. Exactly. If you're a woman, a man, or a fucking chimpanzee, exactly. if that is the case, you should make the most money. Exactly. And, and I and mean, if we just switched their resumes, we would feel like that she She did. should be getting yeah. paid the more, more money and had the higher offer. Like, what, what's wrong with that? Exactly. If you've earned it, you should get paid more. Exactly. Like, I, and and again, we want to say we're not saying that anybody should be paid less based on their gender. Yeah. It should be everybody should start on a level field. Everybody at the same amount, Agreed. and then based on what you do, on your experience, on your performance, on on the, on you know, then that's how your wages should be gauged. Agreed. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And like like Logan said, he brought it. If it was reversed, and she had been the one with two or three screenplays under her belt, one of them being a huge box office hit, she should be getting the bigger exactly. paycheck. But exactly. in this instance, it that wasn't the case. This like, was her first feature film. It's her first major feature film. Like. And yeah, she's just not been a part of a writing team that wasn't more than one other person. Right. So, I mean, not saying that they didn't do half the work. He just has more experience under his belt. So that's why he should be getting paid more. He's more of the all-star player and she's like, uh, yeah. Just, an up-and-comer. Exactly. I mean, you that's know, what it's it is. Just, yeah, you, you got to – now, the, I'm sure – at one point, she is going to be where she's in a position Agreed. after two, three, four hits exactly. that she's earned that money. Exactly. But to just give it to her because she's a woman, right. in my opinion, is wrong. Right. Like it's, it's, just, it's just like, are you paying LeBron James the same amount you're paying Lonzo Ball? No, you're not. No, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just, you know, it should be merit-based, not gender-based. Agreed. Equality should be merit-based. If you have this much experience and a man has this much experience, you get paid the same. Exactly. If you're a woman and you have this, you know, huge amount of experience and the man has no experience, the woman should get more. Exactly. And vice versa. Agreed. It's really that simple, guys. Agreed. I mean, it, you know, why does everything have to come down to race and gender? I know. It and shouldn't. It's like everybody, it's a sensitive time man it's a sensitive time like i tell you like you need to go watch the dave Chappelle new stand-up yeah. special sticks and stones it's freaking hilarious because he gets back just to comedy what is funny at the time like it, you might be offended but it's just comedy he's just making a joke it's for laughs well and i it's liked his not... explanation to all the people that are pissed it's like look i haven't changed people have changed exactly. y'all have changed exactly. i'm saying shit that was true back then it's true now but exactly. you're offended by it now because you've changed exactly i haven't changed i feel that's true about a, a lot of things going on Agreed. in society today. Agreed. Society has changed, but people, you know, that not so much. Yep. I mean, people are people. And and I, I don't know. Sometimes that change is good. Yeah. Sometimes that change is bad. Yeah. And and I think this is one of those instances where people are trying to do the right thing with pay equality, but it ends up being the wrong thing right. because there are people who don't deserve to get paid getting paid right. and people who do 
who are not. Yeah. And because they're trying to do the right yeah, thing. Exactly. Just so it's one of those things, just step back, exactly. judge a person on merit, not mm-hmm. on what they look like, what race they are, what gender they are. Just base it on merit exactly. and it would clear up that whole fucking problem. Agreed. And just <laughs> agreed. Uh, moving forward. Common sense, people. It's yes. called common sense. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Tyler Perry and Tim Palin are planning to partner for a new production company, Peach Tree and Vine Productions. <laughs> now, now, which Peach Tree and Vine would this be? Because if you've ever been in Atlanta, you know there's about exactly. 18,000 intersections at Peach Tree and Vine. It exactly. could be Peach Tree and Court, Peach Tree and Lane, Peach exactly. Tree and Street, Peach Tree and Road. We don't know. Exactly. It's so funny. It's hilarious. It's cra- So it makes perfect sense that that's the name, though. Exactly. I'm just saying. That's exactly. great. Exactly. It's a non-exclusive joint venture uh, that will create film, television, and digital content for both scripted and uns- in an unscripted place now the thing is palin was the head of marketing over at lionsgate mm. now the thing was he was the head of marketing over at lionsgate and you know uh lionsgate is the ones that were behind all of the Medea films so he's familiar with tyler yeah, perry <laughs> they, they got a relationship already yeah, yeah. so it looks like earlier this year palin left uh lionsgate to move forward with production and his own production that he founded uh barnyard projects yep so uh, he just wanted to start something new and which i don't blame him if you don't feel like you're getting enough of your creative space might as well go out and start your own something i mean especially if you already got your feet wet and have a good relationship with someone like tyler Perry. exactly and we should say because we talked about this on the show a few months back uh if you guys listen you know because we're on top of all the industry news tyler perry does have a deal with viacom yep. so before you freak out this does not affect that his multi-year deal with viacom is still it, it still exists and no, none of this will fall under or in, uh, interrupt that ongoing deal with Viacom, so yeah, exactly. uh, or uh, with Paramount. I'm sorry, exactly. Um, exactly. Which is Viacom. Uh, <laughs> so, and speaking of, let's just wow. That was a nice segue. Yeah, Viacom right CBS. They have announced their integration management office to ensure that their merger hits the ground running. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They unveiled their mega deal last month, as mm-hmm. you guys know, because we talked about it all over our industry news. Uh, Viacom Chief Transformation Officer. I love this. I guess that's like the, the transitional guy in the White House. You know, the guy yeah. who's put in charge of moving one president out and the next president right. in. I guess that's what this is likened to, the uh, Chief um, Transformational Officer. Yeah. It is, they announced, uh, Jose Tolosa. Mm-hmm. Um, and CBS Executive Vice President of Strategic Planning and Development, Guantam Ranchi. Nice. Uh, those will be the guys handling the transition and mm-hmm. moving everything together. Um, and now remember, the, the reason this is important, and I also we also should say they've worked out uh, and reached out to a consulting firm, Bain and Company, to help along the way. Yeah. Now listen, guys. You think why is this in industry news? This is boring. This is very corporate. Well, because we've talked about this and this plays into it. How many times have we talked about over the last few weeks all of the people who have lost their jobs with layoffs at Disney? Exactly. Because of the Disney Fox stuff. Guys, the transition when two giant companies merge, there's problems. There's duplicate jobs. There's duplicate real estate. There's duplicate, you know. So it's it's a hard thing to move people in and move people out. So we're talking about it because we're going to stay on top of it. Will Viacom and CBS face the same challenges that Disney and Fox have faced? Exactly. We're talking like literally thousands of people. Yeah. You know, have lost their jobs yeah. at Fox exactly. when that tra- is that going to be the same? Yeah. And I mean, you can't tell me the people at Viacom CBS aren't worried about and it. And it's the same with uh, Warner 
Warner Brothers and AT&T. Yep, like, yep. So. so it's important, and we're going to stay on top. At least they've been smart, though. Look, they jumped out on top of it and said, hey, 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 yeah. here's our transitional team. we exactly. got a team in place exactly. to ensure this is how it's going to go down. We should say, too, that they sent this out in a memo to all of the employees yeah. so there you know it isn't going to be one of those you're caught off guard you lose your job like right. oh shit you know they're they're kind of doing it right in right. my opinion so we'll see how that that plays out but. yeah seriously seriously <laughs> something else we will see how uh, mm. plays out uh spider-man uh tom holland there is opening up a little bit more about the current dilemma regarding his future with spider-man and he's letting his fans know that sony is ready to take over the reins from marvel studios and he says i'm not shy about expressing how incredible the last five years have been with marvel i've truly had the best time of my life and in so many respects they have made my dreams come true as an actor Sony has also been good to me, and the global success of Spider-Man Far From Home is a real testament of their support, skill, and commitment. And the legacy and future of Spidey um, rests in Sony's safe hands. I am nothing but grateful, and I've got I've made friends for a life along the way. Which makes sense, because if you saw the other day, he was like hiking a hill with RDJ. Right. So, eh, it's still just... I just think they want him for a Venom movie. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And look, of course it's safe. The next one, whether Feige is involved or not, is is part of the trilogy that Feige and Marvel had planned out. Yeah. They're still going to follow that storyline, whether they have to dump a couple of things out of it to which they can't reference. But it's, uh, Tom Holland has all but said he was actively involved in the, the, the creation of the third one. Right. It does follow along with what the plan was for three original films in this trilogy. Um, so, of course, they're just going to finish off what Marvel started. Right. So, of course, it's in great hands. The question will come, what about after that yeah exactly you know what we know you can that, it's like when barry switzer took over for uh um you know uh, at the cowboys after jimmy johnson yeah of course he won a super bowl exactly. he just took jimmy johnson's team which was all still there and used jimmy johnson's playbook basically and won a super bowl well that's what sony i feel like is doing they're going to exactly. take marvel's playbook and marvel's team and make the third film yeah. of course it's going to be successful exactly but what is going to happen after that exactly. when you got to start doing it on your own mm-hmm. that we see what happens when sony does it on its own this is just my opinion but don't and don't get me wrong i think a sony venom spidey film will be huge yeah i do think people want to see that but after that then what yeah then what that's that's my only question exactly. then what and where will tom be as an actor where will he go next like you know right so. like I, I just and tom needs to be careful because Guys, where's where's Tobey Maguire? Exactly. Those were huge hits, the first two. Exactly. But one bomb. Yeah. Last thing I saw him in was Greg Gatsby. Yeah, like, which was not really good. It wasn't. <laughs> so I'm just saying, one, Andrew Garfield, I'm just saying, guys, if you're in this blockbuster-type role yeah. and, you're, and you have one bad one, that can be it. Exactly. I, I would Just Tom? Be careful, man, because exactly. you might come out for the third one, and then the, the Venom thing will be huge for you. But then that next one, if it's not up to par. And, I mean, where's Garfield been, too? Exactly. So. That's my point, man. You, you These are dangerous, man. You get so popular that if you have a couple bombs, people are like, they don't want to see you in anything. Right. So, And I love Tom. So, I, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of his work. I think he's a great actor. And I don't want to see that happen. So I'm a little worried. I I, I applaud him for trying to 
be cool for both players. Right. He understands how it all works. Yeah, he understands you, how to play you know, the game. Yeah, but I, I just I hope it works out for him because I would hate to see that go downhill. You know, it, yeah. it just it would be unfortunate. Agreed, agreed. Now something that did go downhill. Her <laughs> Richard Gears drama that was happening over at Apple. They just completely oh, scrapped it. It scared me when you were talking about anything like downhill and Richard Gear and like. <laughs> I didn't know where we were going. Go, well, okay, yeah. it's Apple. It's Apple. Okay, I'm trying. Just with Apple. Just with Apple. Yeah, he was working on a, a apparently a drama called Bastards, and it was supposed to be a eight episode project starring Richard Gere based on the dark Israeli drama, uh, and it will not move forward. Forthcoming Apple streaming service. Apparently, they just had two different ideas that they wanted to have for the series yeah the series was about two elderly vietnam vets who are best friends and they found uh they find out that their uh monotonous lives are upended when a woman that they both were in love with 50 years ago is killed in a car accident so it gets them reminiscing it gets them talking about old times all their regrets and everything and uh it collides basically with the resentment of today's self-absorbed millennials so then they go out on a shooting spree to take care of right so uh, apple found out that the the creators of this howard gordon and warren light uh of which by the way all law and order svu yes that warren light um they were set to co-write it well they wanted to focus on that dark side yeah you know they they wanted to focus on 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 this what's happening in society and how people deal with it right. kind of a thing well apple wanted no part of that yeah apple like, wanted it's something not the time which i mean i honestly don't blame them like it happens every couple months so. exactly they wanted to focus on more aspirational light-hearted stuff focusing more on the emotion and heart of the friendship right in in this like these guys have been together for 60 years as friends yeah let's talk about that kind of a thing but so you know they just they wanted that you know the writers didn't they wanted to focus on what they thought was important yeah. in the story and shit happens yeah um, Apple did order this straight to series though and paid a shit ton of money. They they outbid several other people. Yeah. Um to get it. So Newsflash, now they're paying again because they didn't make it. Yeah. So they were still obligated. So they're paying a huge penalty from what I understand to to because they didn't make it. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, guys, I wouldn't be surprised if this pops up on somewhere else. Netflix? Maybe. maybe. Netflix doesn't appear to be you know, shy of controversy. So. Exactly. Exactly. <coughs> I mean, as long as there's not too much smoking, honestly. <laughs> yeah. As long as yeah. there's not too much smoking. Yeah. Are they smoking when they're shooting people? Then it would be a problem. Exactly. Um, <laughs> who did, oh, I don't even know. But, but yeah, it seems like it's a solid project. Yeah. We'll see. There's a lot of competition out there, so it should end up somewhere. Yeah. This next one. Mm. Mm. I didn't even know how to start that. (laughs) (sighs) Jordan Pruitt. You guys have probably heard. Uh, She was on The Voice. Mm -hmm. Um, She's pretty successful, you know, singer. Uh, She's filing a lawsuit against her former manager, Keith Thomas. Uh, She says that he sexually abused her. Mm beginning when she was 14 years old the suit claims that thomas uh groomed her and her mother for the abuse controlling every aspect of her life professionally and personally cutting off contact with boys uh putting her down with negative comments about her looks and talent to make her feel like she was indebted to him Mm -hmm. um and then it said that he would shower her with compliments when he wanted to get something from her basically saying that no one understood how special she was except for him um 
She mm-hmm. says that this started when she was 14, continued until she was 16. It involved kissing, oral sex, and that he took her virginity. Mm. Uh, she also claims that at least on one occasion he drugged her and anally penetrated her. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, so it, she says it happened on the Warner Brothers sound stages in the lots, parked cars, hotel rooms. Basically, you know, I, I just, okay. Super crazy. She's also filing against Disney yeah. because it was Hollywood Records and Disney is the the parent company for Hollywood Records, claiming that they should have known. Yeah. What? Like, like how were they supposed to know? I mean, guys, this guy and and I, I feel like I mean, do we want to mention his name? Should we mention his name? Um, Keith Thomas. Okay, he's a long time, hugely successful music producer. Yeah. Who has worked with? All kinds of Christian acts yeah. in the past. The Winans, Amy Grant. Mm. Um, he's been around forever. Not to say that just because he worked with Christian acts, he couldn't be guilty of what she's accusing him of. Right. I'm just saying, you know, his track record didn't necessarily speak to it. Um, so we don't know. Right. But to say that Disney should have known. Yeah. I mean, you know how – I mean, how many – divisions disney has how many people are in charge of different things under to to say that somehow somebody in disney should have been aware if you had said somebody at the record label should have been aware okay yeah but to say that somebody at disney itself should have been i mean that's kind of i think they're going for the money agreed and and i just you know if it's true you shouldn't be worried about the money. Right. You should be worried about getting justice and exactly. getting this guy off the street. Exactly. You shouldn't be worried about suing everybody and their grandma for some huge settlement, exactly. in, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, and I'm not going to say whether it is true or not because I have no idea. Right. We'll find out. I'm sure this will – we hope this will move forward because we've talked about this in the past too where these allegations come out and then nothing happens, never moves forward, yeah. and so you never know. But we also need to address the fact that sometimes in this era – like we were talking about just a couple stories ago. Sometimes mm-hmm. the right things end up being bad. Exactly. Um, in this era, I just feel like anybody now can throw out an accusation and make it stick to somebody, yeah. whether it's true or not. Exactly. Be- because nobody wants to discount the fact that they might be lying. Agreed. And and that's a dangerous situation, guys. Mm-hmm. That is a really dangerous situation. Agreed. So I, I just – we have to be careful. We're going to keep following this one yeah. because I think in this movement and this time, it's important to follow and follow up and only report on what is and is not fact. Exactly. Right now, the only fact we know is she says this happened and she's filed a lawsuit. Exactly. So we'll we'll, we'll find out. We'll, yep. we'll keep updated and just – I think we have to be really careful when we report these kind of stories exactly. because – you don't want to go out and automatically brand him as he definitely did it. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like sometimes when we report their stories, it comes across that way. Well, she said it, so he did it. Yeah. Well, we're not going to take sides. We're not going to say this or that. We're going to say this is what happened. Yeah. And so there's the story. She says it happened. She filed a lawsuit. That's your story. Agreed. Agreed. So Ugh. not all bad news for Disney. No, seriously, seriously. They're donating more than $1 million to relief and recovery efforts for the Bahamas. That's awesome. The commitment uh, includes $1 million in donations to a nonprofit uh, relief agencies who will be undertaking recovery and rebuilding efforts. So that's awesome because this hurricane is fucking a lot of shit up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if food, construction materials, you know, all the stuff that's needed after a big storm. Dorian yeah. did – if you guys don't know, if you weren't paying attention, Dorian basically stopped – 
literally stopped and just hung over the Bahamas for 24 hours. Yeah. So, I mean, basically the Bahamas are gone. Yeah. So this is huge by Disney. I should say it was orchestrated by the Disney Cruise Lines. Yeah. And, I mean, no doubt because Disney Cruises, they, Bahamas is one of their main locations, one of their main stops. Um, so it makes sense. But uh, kudos to them for stepping up. I also saw that a lot of celebrities have stepped up and are going to be donating for, cool. to, to, to help do that. Um, we saw that in Puerto Rico, so we're seeing it again in the Bahamas. Uh, kudos to them for stepping up. Yeah. Um, and kudos to Disney for doing it. Right thing to do, man. Those people are probably in dire need, and, and that's that's a good thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, this next one, called that shit. Yep. Called it. We did. Oh, uh, how many times have we called it and yeah. we were right? Exactly. Damn near every week. Exactly. We, we <laughs> exactly. Well, we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, and it's been going on the past couple months. You know, the election for a new SAG after president, and it, we confirmed last week it was Gabriel Cotteris there. And But now, Modine is challenging it and filed protests challenging the validity of the SAG AFRA's most recent election. So, like we said, called that shit. Makes yeah. He wants a recount, basically. Yep, yep. One of the challenges uh, is even kind of trying to claim that the Beverly Hills 90210 show, the yeah. new one, uh, was a not-so-subtle national commercial for Carteris's election campaign. What the shit? Yeah. It, it says they're, they're basing that on the fact that the series premiered on August 7th, nine days after the ballots were mailed out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a hugely popular show. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to say a lot of those fans, a lot of that push, a lot of the popularity to try to, I guess, make her reboot her image, kind of get that back, played into this whole. Yeah. That's why she, I'm, that's like a far stretch in my opinion. Yeah. Um, mm. That's what uh, it is, man. Yeah, uh, that's only one of several. We should say there's several, but uh, it's it's a lot of legal challenges. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of them are going to fly. Yeah. I think they're all going to just be defeated. And guys, you you, you got to work together. It's like exactly. you know, it's like the orange Oopaloompa. You know, it, it happened, but you you got to make whatever the best of it for the time being and work together exactly. if you weren't happy with carteris's election which half were not because i mean they're pretty divided yeah in in sag after but let's let's put that aside and work together to at least compromise and get some stuff done for the term that she's in there again agreed because i think the constant divisiveness and 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 you know arguments and, and it's you're only hurting instead of helping right you know and that's all I can say. Try again. Next election, try try again. Exactly. But for now, you got to work together, man. You got to exactly. get shit done. Exactly. The Obamas also need to try again mm. <laughs> because apparently uh, their name has already been taken for their production company. That's right. Higher Ground Productions. Yeah. They made a move to save the name. Yeah. Apparently, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Company uh, demanded cancellation of their name. Uh, earlier because uh, the trademark higher ground enterprises already existed. Mm -hmm. The Obamas argued that that wasn't the case, that both could coexist um, in the marketplace. And the trademark said, uh, the trademark office said, no. Higher ground productions and higher ground enterprises are just too similar sounding. They're too related in the services that they offer. And they were basically told, no, <laughs> we're not. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Um. We should say Higher Ground Enterprises has been around for a while. Yeah. It's it's um according to the attorney for the company, it's in the business of helping authors publish books. Mm. Um. 
which includes some entertainment services. Yeah. Um, and it's been around since 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay, 2008. So, guys, come on. Barack, Michelle, just come up with a different name. Yeah. You know why they use Higher Ground? Apparently they're big fans of Stevie Wonder yeah. and the song Higher Ground, and that's yeah. where the whole name came from. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah. That that's that's why they wanted that's it. That's why, like. So when the ruling, even, like, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it's like guys. Now you're just flaunting power. Exactly. Now, hey, I'm an ex president because when the when the ruling came down, they didn't like it. Yeah. So they filed a petition to cancel it. Yeah. Um, alleging that Massey doesn't deserve the trademark because Higher Ground Enterprises wasn't actually in use at the time of the 2016 registration of their Higher Ground. Mm. Come on now. I know, right? Come on, like. like we get it. You're 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 the former president. Right. We we you know, just get a different name. Exactly. Does it really pick another Stevie Wonder song for exactly. Christ's sake? If that was a reason, <laughs> just you know, come on. Like, then, you know, you remember the old quote by Michelle when when asked about all the nastiness of the campaign during the re-election, right. and she said, "Hey, when when they go low, we go high." Exactly. Well, guys. You're going low. Exactly. <laughs> You're going low over Iron Productions. This woman had the trademark. You guys are trying to take her out. You're taking the low ground. Just stop. Pick a different name. Shit's so funny. Shit's Pick a so different funny. name. Well, they're not the only ones that are potentially suing people and suing people. Uh, Ariana Grande, she has filed a lawsuit against Forever 21 <laughs> and claims at least $10 million in damages after the fashion retailer allegedly hired a look-alike model for a social media campaign yeah this is kind of shady by by forever 21 i'm not even gonna lie look basically they they reached out to her they tried to get her yeah um they couldn't work it out they didn't want to pay her as much as she thought she was worth um and so they decided not to move forward she decided not to do it and then they hired somebody that looked just like her basically did the campaign anyway but without her that's so funny. that's kind of shady so I, I i i mean so i think she's really got a claim yeah. because i mean they did move forward with everything they sold to her on yeah. this is what they wanted to do yeah and then when she said no they basically you know well we'll find somebody that looks just like you like, i mean that's kind of <laughs> like you know i love all the memes and all the tweets and everything though it's like oh come on forever 21 is known for knocking other shit off yeah <laughs> all they do is make copies so i mean <laughs> it's kind of true one person's like it's not the first time they've been in a lawsuit for copying something exactly. um so I, I don't know you, you know i feel like this is going to be settled yeah it'll probably be an out of court settlement or you know whatever but um you know lesson learned on both sides right. ariana you're probably not worth as much as you thought you were right forever 21 you can't just do it anyway. Exactly. I mean, it just both of y'all learned a good lesson. Exactly. Move on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, I don't see one, Ariana wearing any Forever Twenty One clothes no, anyway. Exactly. I mean, just like just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Now this next one, I'm pretty excited about. Eddie Murphy confirmed it was allegedly before, but he was confirmed on a podcast recently saying that he's going to return to stand up comedy and he's going to do a whole tour in 2020. Now, the rumors have it that he's in talks with Netflix for specials, but I'm just excited for him to get back on stage. Yeah, me too. And look, if indeed one of the Netflix specials would be 
you know, a, just a recording of one of the tour dates, yeah. that would be epic. Yeah, I think. You well, know, my thing is, if like if he doesn't like how his tour goes, I feel like he won't put it on Netflix. True. Yeah. True. You know, so he should have control of, of that. Yeah. He should definitely have control since of that. he's been out of it so long. But I man, but, I think he's got so much material yeah. because he has been out of it. So kind of like what we were talking about at the top of the show with Kevin Hart. Yeah. I feel like you know you when you were concerned about like his being, I think. The car accident will be great material will be. for him in his because I mean you, a lot of comedians turn tragedy yeah. into comedy. Yeah. I feel like when, him when, surviving yeah. and and uh, and him being out and laid up and all the surgery, yeah. he's going to turn that into yeah. some seriously funny I mean, shit. Fucking remember when Tracy Morgan almost died? Right, like by Walmart. Exactly, somebody, like, exactly. Him? Like yeah. I think, and I think Eddie Murphy, he's he's been riding a up and down train and it's been down for a while i i <laughs> and i feel like that's gonna be yeah. great material i wonder if he'll bring up like the transsexual that he's got <laughs> that he got pulled over with i i the hooker. Yeah, yeah i yeah i feel like yeah i feel like a lot <laughs> uh, of it's gonna come up yeah um yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it yeah. i think it's gonna be fantastic i think he's gonna knock it out of the park yeah. honestly i think people have been there's a demand for it yeah that's the key he's a he's always been really smart yeah and and we have heard year after year after year for the last at least five years how much people would like to see him come back to stage right he so he knows there's yeah. a demand for it exactly. i mean you come when they want you exactly. right i mean he's a smart guy and I'm so looking forward to Delirious, one all-time favorite yeah, comedy show probably. Delirious just, and Raw. Yeah, awesome. both. Just mm-hmm. like brilliant. Humana, 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 humana. Yeah. There's so many different things, you know. Big Brown Shark game. Like there's so many you can quote from it. I mean. Tell them to just, have a Coke and shut the fuck, fuck up. up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to need you to bend over and fuck me up the ass. Like, you know I mean, just that Ed Norton shit, you know. I'm going to send you to the moon. It just, yeah. <sighs> so I, good. just so good i mean I, I still to this day though like I, I can't help when i'm in a hot tub not even a bath but in a hot tub i'm thinking gi joe in the big brown shark you know like when he's talking about shitting in the bathtub yeah. hey, just some funny shit it's, so it's that funny. kind of stuff eddie i'm so glad you're coming back bro right. so glad <gasps> this next one. Oh man you, you know, know who we love. You know. You know we give her a shout out every single show. Yes. We give her a shout out. Oprah. Yes. We love Oprah. Guess what? She's taking it on the road, guys. That's Speaking right. of a tour, mm-hmm. she wants you to live healthier. That's right. She wants you to have a healthy lifestyle. She does. And she's taking that vision, <laughs> your life in focus. Hell yeah. 2020. And she's going to begin January 4th. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Nine cities. She's. This is in conjunction with Weight Watchers reimagined. Um, she she wants people to live healthy. Yeah. Look, Oprah struggled throughout the years. You yeah. know, having a, with a healthy lifestyle and weight and the different things. I think this is great. She's all the shit she's overcome in her life. Not just with the weight issues, but like in general, the, the yeah. bringing up poor, the 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 molestation, drugs, like all like, drugs, yeah. all the stuff. This woman is so inspiring. Yeah. And so, if anybody can tell you. You can get out there. You can do it. You can overcome it. You can be what you want to be. It's Oprah. Definitely. Because she's done it. And exactly. she keeps doing it. And she keeps inspiring. This is – this. I think this is brilliant. Yep. We're going to talk about it when she starts this tour. Yeah. We say, well, shit, we'll probably talk about it before because we talk about her every week. Exactly. Because we love Oprah. But here's the exciting thing. We've got two, J-Lo. Two opportunities. Yes. We could see her here in L.A. Uh-huh. Okay? Because she's going to be in L.A. That's one of the cities. And as you guys know, if you've been following our social media, we've been doing a lot of traveling back and forth because of my family and stuff. Charlotte, 
She's going to Charlotte. Yeah. So depending on what days, we got two opportunities. Right. Or we might just see her twice, J-Lo. Exactly. We, we'll see her. Like, okay, she's in L.A. When's she going to Charlotte? Let's plan a trip to Charlotte. Dick. All right. We'll see her twice because we love Oprah. Exactly. Already jealous. We already saw Autumn or one of our guests, Autumn. She saw her. Exactly. I was jealous. I Anybody who sees Oprah, I'm jealous. Exactly. Like, and you know why I was jealous? Because the post was how awesome Oprah was. Exactly. Of course she was awesome. It's Oprah. <laughs> Oprah is awesome. Exactly. Like, Even our special guest this week has a quote about Oprah. Oh, what? Yeah, because it's Oprah. Exactly. Yeah, that's Oh yeah, we got we got to talk. It's a great segue in. Yep. Somebody who's worked with Oprah, somebody who's excited and knows Oprah, Danny Strong. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Our guest this week, Danny Strong, the creator of Empire. He was on Gilmore Girls as Doyle, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Jonathan, yeah. Yeah, you love that one. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Oh, yeah. And you know, the writer of the two Mockingjay movies and just so much other shit uh rebel in the rye oh my god and he talks so about good. all of it all of it mm-hmm. all of it and he talks about oprah he talks about amy rutberg he talks about all the people he's worked with in the past did you know he's little quinny yeah right you don't know what that's about you're gonna find out in this interview that's exactly. fantastic him and quentin tarantino exactly. and a video store yeah, what you, you don't want to miss this interview it's so crazy Hello. What's up? What's up, man? How's it going? Oh, it's going good. It's going good. All right. Well, first of all, let's do the official welcome inside the crazy ant farm, man. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Look, I'm I'm thrilled. I've been a huge fan since the Buffy days, man. So this this is an exciting one for me. I I was so happy when you said you'd do it, man. Oh, I really appreciate it, and I I love all your positive tweets. Um, it's uh, you know, I read those things, and they, it makes me feel good, and you know, uh, particularly around Proven Innocent and Rebel in the Rye. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's neat to have that kind of support. So um, just just so you know, those, those things uh, affect people. Uh, abso- absolutely, man. And it's one of the reasons why I was excited to have you on the show because we've been blessed to have a lot of guests on the show who are like yourself, who do interact with the fans and who are kind and pay attention to what they do. And I, I think that's something really special, you know. Uh, and, and I think the fans... On the flip side, appreciate it as much as you guys appreciate it. So I think there's something to be said for that. And, um, yeah, you're very welcome for Proven Innocent, man. Look, I was upset you guys did not get a second season. Um, Huge fan of that show. I just feel like we're in an age... Yeah, it is. I just and we're in that age, man, where I where I feel like you don't get a chance to build an audience, you know. And, and yeah, it's it, it was tough, but I loved it. Phenomenal cast and and great show. So glad you brought that up. Yeah, thanks. No, it was uh, it was uh, um, yeah, you know, I thought a really neat way to do a network legal drama and to do it, uh, you know, surrounding the Innocence Project and uh, um, wrongful conviction to really take that sort of very fun mainstream genre and to infuse uh, that kind of subject matter into it in a way where it wasn't, you know, medicine that was good for you. It made the show even more exciting and dynamic. So um, I was uh, I was proud of it and disappointed it uh, didn't have a longer run. But, uh, you know, you can't win them all. No, you can't. And, you know, at least you had the opportunity to wrap it up successfully, which was was good for the fans. I got to tell you, my favorite part uh, is Nikki's uh, <laughs> doing the podcast every week, you know, kind of doing the narration of it. Fantastic, man. Just fantastic. Yeah, that was a, that was a great device, you know. That David Elliott, the creator of the show, came up with that uh, to do, you know, to frame the show within a podcast. And I thought it was so clever um, because you could really sort of hammer home, you know, the themes and the ideas and the issues in a way that that it was organic that tied the episodes up um, in a powerful way. I thought it was a very 
very clever uh, narrative device he, uh, he came up with. Absolutely, absolutely. So listen, we've got a lot of really happy fans right now because we've got a huge base of Gilmore Girls fans, Buffy fans. I mean, you've been Mad Men. You've been on some some major shows, my friend. Some major shows. Sure. So, sure, and sure. I I gotta tell you, Billions. I'm loving Billions. That scene with you at the urinal, I just it, I still crack up every time I see it, man. That was hilarious. Uh, thanks, thanks. It's, you know, it's funny when we shot it. Um, David Levine, the co-creator. Uh, I said, hey, man, he doesn't look taller than me in this shot, does he? <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that if, he, if it is. And David went, no, no, no. See, the camera, it evens you guys out. It makes it makes everything even. I'm like, okay, okay, we can get to it. It's fine. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. So, obviously, we want to talk about, because uh, Emmy winner, Golden Globe winner, you're not just an actor, writer, producer, director, phenomenally so at at each of them, uh, if we do say so ourselves. Um, Just a brilliant guy. And we've got some writers in our bunch who are very curious and have some questions, and we've got a lot of people trying to break into the industry, too. So we kind of want to talk to you about that and what it was like to get started and how the whole writing thing came along. Uh, Logan, what you got? I know you got a question. Yeah. What was your biggest challenges as a young writer? You know, the challenges, I mean, they're challenges. They're sort of endless. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the script. Yeah. So the script is everything. And you just need to write a lot of scripts to get good at writing scripts. Mm-hmm. So you need to just keep doing it and and not treat, not, not go write a script and then say, I'm going to now dedicate the next... 15 years of my life getting this one script made right um you know once you finish your first script then set it down uh go have a drink if you don't drink go have a nice meal wake up the next day and then start your next one right you know Definitely. And, then, and, then, and then write one after that so it's it's really about it's it's a it's you know writing begets getting better at it is just from doing it and from rewriting it and you learn so much um, I, for me, I view every note session that I have uh, with, with my producers or my executives mm-hmm. as, as a film school for me because I'm going to learn subconsciously how to do things better by getting feedback and notes on what isn't working for people. Mm-hmm. That's that's very interesting. I, I, I love that approach. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw a quote too where you had some advice for advanced writers that because you do hear so, so often, write what you know, write what you know, write what you know. But I saw a great thing where you said, write what you have a passion for, even if you don't know about it or aren't skilled in it. Be, and I think, is that true? Is that an accurate quote? And Because that's a great piece of advice, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think write what you know is advice to give to an amateur. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're a lawyer and you want to write your first novel... And that's all you want to do is write a novel. You always want to write a novel. Then go write a legal novel, you know? Right. Um, but a professional writer who writes every day, who is, and then to me, that's what makes someone a professional writer, not whether they're getting paid, but whether they write every day. Because um, I wrote for seven years before I got paid for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, several years into those seven years, uh, I viewed myself as a professional writer because I'd been writing scripts for four years and I was doing it all the time. Um, so uh, I think if for a professional writer, you you don't necessarily have to write, quote, what you know, but write what you're interested in, what you're passionate about. I mean, I have um, 
I've written projects that have been, you know, very, very successful, and I knew nothing about the subject matter before I started writing them. Mm-hmm. Literally, literally nothing. Because uh, and there's this thing that you can do, and it's called research. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You research, and then you you can talk to people that do it. You know, and, absolutely. And, uh, and then you can really dive into it. And, and often, the way I pick my projects are. Things that are, because uh, I know it's going to go on for a long time, um, that, that I'll be writing on this thing for who knows how long, anywhere from six months to multiple years. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So often it'll be, um, I'll just, part of my thought process will be, well, you know, am I going to enjoy working on this for several years? Is this right. going to be interesting to me? Uh, as far, you know, what it's about, am I going to, so, so the point being that if, if nothing ever comes of it, because often nothing does, will those years or months working on it have been time well spent? Right. And I remember when I wrote my first uh, drama, which was the movie Recount, mm-hmm. um, the idea that I was ever going to sell it was totally insane, and I knew that. I knew that that was pretty much impossible for a writer who had never sold anything to sell a political drama. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, even if I never sell it, it's going to be time well spent right. researching this because then I'll know a lot about the Florida recount, and that's going to be really interesting to me. Definitely. So is that simple, right? Is that just a very simple thought of, I, of well, you know, I love it. Once. What the hell? Let's do it. I absolutely love it. I love that approach. I love everything you said. And now on the flip side of that, we hear that from a lot of our actor guests all the time too. It's it's 90% auditioning, only 10% actually working. And I feel like it's the same thing with the writer. You're writing constantly, whether you're getting paid for it or not. And I, I think that's brilliant advice and a great strategy. And by the way, recount, phenomenal. Uh, same with Game Change. Uh, I'm a political junkie, so I loved both. Uh, I thought oh, they were fantastic. So, so, and okay, a couple of movies we definitely, I know Logan is jumping at the bit to to get to with the butler <laughs> huge yes. oprah fans were huge oprah fans um and obviously rebel in the rye was how about that one was that a passion project for you how, how did that one come about because I, I know there was a lot that went into getting that movie made correct yeah no that was that's the most personal thing i've ever worked on um without a doubt mm-hmm. in fact most things i've written aren't personal at all um, as far as they don't have anything to do with my life, there are things that I'm angry about, or things I want to discuss, or social issues I want to shine a light on. But there, I actually haven't moved it at all. And, and Rebel in the Ride, the reason why I wanted to direct it when I came up with the idea of doing the film was um, I wanted to direct it because I thought, oh, well, this is this is actually very personal. This is about the writing process mm-hmm. and the creative journey and the birth of an artist. And to me, the story of Salinger, you know, I don't view that movie as a biopic. Uh, I view it as a tale of the artist's journey. Um, so when people would call it a biopic, I just, I thought, no, it's not a biopic. <laughs> you know, it's, this, it's the story of how he wrote Catcher in the Rye and in telling that story and then what the book did to him uh, after it came out. And in right. telling that story, it's telling this universal story of the birth of an artist. And, and what that journey is. And, you know, when we screened this at the Writers Guild, uh, it played like gangbusters. I because bet. they immediately knew that's what it was. Yeah. And it, what I really liked about it, because I think a lot of people who aren't familiar with, with the stuff, they just think this guy was a hermit, a recluse from right. the get-go. And it, but he had a life, and he had a lot going into what led to him writing that book. 
And I think you do a yeah. great job of showing that in, in the film. Yeah, he was a creature of New York City. It was this exactly. charismatic, you know, I mean, sort of rich kid. I mean, he was us, New York City, Upper East Side, mm-hmm. going to the store club, hitting on girls. Uh, yep. Wanted to be a writer. The work was very young and, and juvenile, but there was an interesting voice there. Uh, and then he goes to World War II and has severe PTSD. Um, and and from that PTSD, he creates one of the most iconic novels of all time about a troubled teenager. Yep. Uh, and I found that story when I read this biography on him. I didn't know any of that, and I was so moved by that that holden caulfield was the creation of someone who had seen the darkest horrors of war uh and had clearly in my opinion undiagnosed ptsd and Mm -hmm. i I think that's ultimately what what led him to new hampshire what led him to isolation um and what led him to writing for the rest of his life and never showing anyone the writing i mean that's very uh therapeutic absolutely Absolutely. Uh, and he doesn't want to show anyone the writing because that fucks up the therapy. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's, that's not the point anymore. The point is not, is, is not for anyone to read it. The point is to, to, to you know, in, in some ways, you know, calm, calm, calm a, a troubled mind who doesn't even know that the mind is troubled in a way. Yep. You know, and you look at his diet and the way he ate and mm-hmm. the meditation and all of that, uh, to me, screams someone uh trying to cure their their you know uh deeply troubled mind um and and they didn't even know about ptsd basically until the vietnam era exactly um and and once they started you know diagnosing it i mean it it was it was incredibly impactful for for people they instantly related to yes this is this is what's going on Absolutely, and I, I got to tell you, you could not have picked a better lead. I thought Nicholas Holt just nailed it. I, I, yeah. A phenomenal yeah. job. Um, it, and we got to give a shout out to Amy Rutberg, who plays Betsy Hopkins. Uh, we've had Amy on on the show before. She was a fantastic guest. Love her. She had nothing but kind words to say about you as well. So um, oh, I love Amy. We go way back. You know, I've known Amy since she was twenty years old. Oh wow! And I remember her running an audition with me. Um, uh, you know, you practice your auditions with other actors, right? right? And she was, and so she was running her audition. She was 20 years old. And I thought, oh my God, she's amazing. I just instantly knew how talented she was. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so thrilled to see that she's still working and thriving and has done so well over the years. I think she's a, I think she's, she's a great actress and is going to keep, uh, keep working. We agree, and we would love to see you guys do something together. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, she was in Recount. Yep, she yep. She was in Rebel in the Rye. Yep. Um, tried to get her an Empire once, but... Oh, that'd be it, awesome. Yeah, that would have been epic, yeah. honestly. It didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, we I can say uh, she she echoed every sentiment. Just yeah. spoke almost the same exact wording towards you. She thinks you're phenomenal and and has loved working with you and is happy to see you doing what you're doing. So it, it's uh, nice to hear. I, I mean, stuff like that. Okay, I know I know Logan is jumping at the bit. The Butler. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. How do you go about of getting in contact with the one and only Oprah? How does that even happen? <laughs> I just called her. I'm like, Oprah. <laughs> I, I, um, uh, I had nothing to do with getting Oprah. It was all Lee Daniels. So, uh, Oprah produced Precious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And yep. Lee, 
you know, directed the butler and, um, and got her the script. And I have to say, when I heard she wanted to do it, I thought, oh, I think this movie's going to get made. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, I didn't know if it was ever going to get made. And, um, and um, it was... Uh, it was that that, that that specific phone call mm -hmm. was the moment of oh wow this could actually happen. Um, <laughs> it was a really ambitious project, you know. Right. Oh, absolutely. After, after the movies get made, there's a sense that well, of course it got made, mm -hmm. right? Right. But when you're in the middle of it, it's the opposite. It's actually this is never going to get made. Right. Like oh this shit, is never gonna happen. They all feel like they're never gonna happen. <laughs> uh, and and it's the amount of work and the willing them into existence is pretty staggering actually um and that one was so you know it was it, it was you know the story of a white house butler mm -hmm. uh over you know 40 years right uh and in doing telling that story it was really the story of the history of the civil rights movement in america yep you know the, the concept for me was slavery to obama mm -hmm. um and that's why it opened in the in the fields even though it wasn't technically slave slavery it felt like it though right it, you know, right it is, exactly it feels like slavery still exists even though it's the 20s um and and it was and it was yeah slavery go to obama so I'm, I'm really proud of that script it's the most complicated thing i've ever written um to you know to maintain dramatic tension over a 40-year period absolutely uh and to tell a, a cohesive story that has a spine with a character arc um uh is is very very challenging and uh i you know i had great collaborators you know laura ziskin who was this iconic producer mm -hmm. um she passed away before we made it, but mm -hmm. she, you know, working with her on this was really, um, she was a huge part, a huge, you know, uh, you know, cheerleader uh, of the project and, and, uh, and Pam Williams who worked with her. And of course, uh, Lee Daniels, you know, yeah. it was a, some, it was a, a lot of people put a lot of passion into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we we would get killed if we did not bring up the Gilmore Girls. Like we have such a huge <laughs> fan base true. of Gilmore Girls. My girlfriend is a huge fan. I've been watched it like five times now because of her, and rightfully so. It's phenomenal, and we just got to talk about the chemistry you and uh, Paris there have. The just phenomenal, and I love how you're also a screenwriter in the revival of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, that was that was I thought very clever. Um, yeah, I mean, what an amazing thing to be a part of that show, which has just grown over the years. I mean, I feel like post Buffy and Gilmore Girls, I would get recognized, you know, eighty percent of the time for Buffy and twenty percent of the time for Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and then something happens. Um, sorry, they're doing construction underneath me in the, in the apartment underneath, so sorry if there's any loud noise, but something happened, and I think what happened was just literally Gilmore Girls started airing on Netflix. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. And and and, uh, and then it just flipped. Yeah. And, and, and the show has just grown and grown and grown, um, and I feel like it is such a major part of TV history now. Um, it feels like it's bigger now than it ever was. Oh, absolutely. I would agree completely. It just, and I feel like it, it was at the disadvantage when it first started, you know, being on the WB before the CW, right. and it, it was hard to find at first. And now it's, yeah, I agree, a huge cult. cult. Uh, you and Liza were just, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, the, the whole yeah. character of Doyle was hysterical to me every time I watch it. 
Thank you. You know, I loved um, I loved working with her. She is so cool. See, Paris was one of my favorite characters on the show. Yeah. Before I started dating her, you know, I just thought she was hilarious mm-hmm. and just a really gifted actress. And she's nothing like that in real life. You know, it's a pure character, right? Uh, that she does. I mean, Liza's just super cool. You know, she's just like this, like really cool person. Um, so the whole thing was um, uh, just just a wonderful experience. You know, everyone always treated me really great on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexis and Lauren and, you know, the Paladinos, Amy uh, and Dan. I view them as sort of, you know, surrogate aunt, uncle. To, there you go. They're, nice. they're just the lovely people, and, and they've become so close um, over the years. That's fantastic. That, and that's good to hear that everybody's kind of close and everything because it I comes across that way. And, I mean, it's always good to hear s- stories like yeah, that. Yeah, it seems like a real family dynamic, honestly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a, it, it was a wonderful experience. I'm so proud to be a part of it. Um, and I love uh, that you brought up Buffy. So it, so it switched from Jonathan to Doyle at some point, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. It was really kind of wild, and it happened over – a six-month period. That I, is so I, crazy. I and I still get recognized for Buffy, but not to the extent that it was for many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, well, maybe it'll shift back now. There's rumors, right, that a Buffy re- reboot or revisits in the in the works, maybe. So uh, you never know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, the two of them, they're such um, two of the most iconic shows of that era. Oh, so, absolutely. Uh, it's so exciting to have been a part of both of them. And they were both... Um, Beautifully written. I mean, just really, you know, Joss Whedon and Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino are just artists at the highest level. Absolutely. Um, Agreed. And, well, and and I got to tell you, it's not just that Mad Men justified. You were on some some huge shows, man, that, that you just pulled off phenomenal performances on. Um so I, I got to ask you because you're such a, a gifted writer. You're also fantastic in front of the camera. You're a suit. You're a creative. Where, where do you kind of like? Where's your area where you enjoy the most, or is it kind of an equal balance, or what do you prefer the most in all of the things that you do? Um, you know, everything's different, mm-hmm. and it, it's they're all interrelated, but they're different skill sets, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they're different days. You know, so it's one thing to sort of talk about it from a perspective of looking at the work, right? Right. Uh, It's another uh, from the perspective of actually doing it, what that day is like when I'm acting or when I'm writing or when I'm directing, you know, or Mm -hmm. producing, you know, it's, it's, um, because that's what, that's what, that's what I'm actually doing, you know, that's what I'm actually living. And the, I, I think the writing schedule is is my favorite um just days when i'm writing it's also the hardest of all the jobs from Mm -hmm. my point of view uh i find writing the most challenging um and and i do it less you know it's a four to five hour day Mm -hmm. you know i wake up and i take my time and then i go i meditate a few minutes and then i go sit myself down at a coffee shop and then i write for four or five hours and then i'm done Right. And, and the four or five hours were very challenging and, and interesting and, you know, rewarding where acting, you show up and you're there for 14 hours and yep. you're not doing stuff most of the day and you're just kind of sitting there. And then you go do the scene and um, and that's really cool. 
right? Uh, you know, that makes it all worth it. Sure. I'm thrilled to be doing the scene. <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of, you know, my mind wants to be doing other things. Right. right. I'm like, I wish I, why am I not writing? I'm just sitting here all day. You right. know? And I actually write on set now. Oh, that's um, cool. And then directing is intense. That is all-encompassing. I mean, that is the same schedule as the acting, um, although longer because the actors can come and go during the day. But the director, you're there. You're first there. You know, you're there till you wrap. Right. And, and it's it's like that's like running a marathon. Absolutely. Right. You know, you are working all day long, and it's really intense. Um, you're making decisions all day long. I, I, I love it. It's, it's incredibly rewarding. But I'm also perfectly happy when the shoot is done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you makes know? sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you ever see yourself trying to do the, the, the old balancing act of directing and acting in your in your own picture? What do you think? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have never put myself in anything that I've written or directed or produced. Um, the only time that I was was in The Butler, and it was only because an actor dropped out at the last minute, and mm-hmm. so I was stepped in. Okay. You know, I was, I was literally just stepping in. <laughs> we lost someone. I don't know what it is, why I don't put myself in anything. Um, maybe there's, you know, I'm self-conscious about it, mm-hmm. or I don't want there to be a perception that I'm writing or directing to get myself acting work, even though at this right. point, I think I, I've made it clear that's the case. Right. <laughs> nonetheless, I'm, I'm maybe a little self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, uh, I also... Um, I don't know. I, I just I, I also really like being hired as an actor. There you it makes go. me yeah. feel good. Yeah. You know, like people still want me and they still want to hire me. So I, I, it, it's a little silly. And if I want to act in something that I wrote, I should just go do it. But you know, nonetheless, that's sort of just my very honest answer of of why I, I haven't yet. I love that answer. Yeah, uh, seriously, that that's a great answer. And I, I'll tell you what, one of the things that I really enjoy the most about your writing is dialogue. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, oh, it's, thank you. yeah, no, it, I think it's got to be one of the hardest things to do. Um, and and you do it brilliantly. You, you develop these character arcs and the backstories, and then the dialogue, and and it just it's one of my favorite reasons to watch projects that you're that you're involved in. Honestly. Yeah. Thanks. You know, it's it's so interesting. Um, we're, we're in such a hypercritical period, um, and there's and anything that sort of, I don't know, sticks out or, you know, isn't hypernaturalism, sometimes people jump all over it, and I find heightened dialogue, uh, you know, I, very entertaining and Absolutely. what I grew up on, <laughs> yep. you know, and it's not, it's not all heightened, obviously, but... Um, so it's it can be it can be challenging. Um, it can be challenging uh, because there's just I don't know a, a lot of. Um, I'm always trying to find the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always trying to find the balance, and, and uh, but I'm glad I'm, I'm. It's nice to hear that, that you like it so much. So maybe uh, tomorrow when I'm writing, I'll remember that. No. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Cool. That's right, man. (laughs) It's so true, and and, and I mean every word. You know, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy your work so much. Uh, So, so, okay, we we heard a story, and we've got to bring it up because I just think it's a fantastic story. Is it or is it not true that you used to spend a lot of your time as a kid hanging out with Quentin Tarantino at the video store? It's a hundred percent true. Oh man, (laughs) that's fantastic. That is fantastic. True. I spent so much time with him at the video store that my nickname was Little Quentin. <laughs> and I'd come in, and everyone would go, Quentin, Little Quentin's here. 
and I was 10 years old, or no, I was like 11 or 12, but I looked like I was 8 or 9, and I knew a lot about movies, Mm -hmm. and he taught me a lot about movies, and he recommended all these movies, you know, he was literally the greatest video store clerk in the history of video stores, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, and that was sort of my uh, the beginning of my film education at, uh, at, a, at a very young age. Oh, that's fantastic. So how's he doing these days? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually, um, he, it was, there was this really amazing moment, which was um, the Golden Globes, uh, Django, Unchained, and Game Change were in the same year. Right. And we both won. Mm. And we were at this after party holding our Golden Globes, and Quentin was just holding court. He's like, you don't understand, okay? <laughs> this is little Quentin, right? Oh, my gosh. Little Quentin's got a Golden Globe, okay? I mean, it's just, like, he, he, no one has been more amused right. uh, by, by my journey than, than Quentin. That's fantastic. And what a story to always have. You know, that exactly. that's, that is amazing. That That's fantastic. So what do you have coming up in the future? We were super stoked to see that they announced you're going to be in the right stuff coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. That just came out of the blue a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, phenomenal. Huge fan of Patrick J. Adams. I was a huge fan of the film, so I think this thing's going to be huge. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I, I had heard they were doing the right stuff. And, um, you know, a while ago, I don't know, five, six months ago when it was first announced, and I thought, what a terrific idea. That is a bullseye idea mm-hmm. for a limited series or an ongoing series. Absolutely. It's just telling the story of, you know, Project Mercury and going through Apollo, right? Yep. I mean, I just thought Home Run and perfect for Nat Geo. Um, and, uh, and then I didn't think twice about it. Uh, and then about two weeks ago, I got a call, and they just offered me the part of Shorty Powers, who was the PR rep for NASA. Right. And I thought, well, A, who else is going to play Shorty? <laughs> with me. And then B, I mean, what a great part, <laughs> a great project. And I'm a big fan of Patrick as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was a fast yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations. Could not be more happy that you're involved with that. You got the final season of Empire coming up, right? Final season of Empire. And um, we're working on that right now. You know, I have this project with, um, I have this project, it's a theater project, it's this, uh, it's a show called Chess, mm-hmm. it's a musical from the 80s that I rewrote, Oh and, wow. um, and we did it at the Kennedy Center last year, and, you know, we're trying to keep the show going, and the producer of it is Tom Holtz, who is Mozart and Amadeus, mm-hmm. you know, the great actor Tom Holtz, mm-hmm. and, um, Every time we talk, I just love this guy. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's not just a wonderful producer, which he is. He's a fantastic producer, but it's also Tom Hulse. Exactly. It's just, uh, it's it's fun. It's fun working with someone that you're so excited to be talking to. Oh, man, that's fantastic. I'm already jealous. Amadeus, I love Amadeus, man. That was fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. One of the great, I mean, the two of them in that movie are just two of the great film performances of all time. Agreed. In the same movie. Agreed. Agreed. And then I've got a bunch of things in the hopper that I can't talk about, but uh, hopefully some of them will get made. Um, You know, I'm writing something, um, a limited series that I'm very excited about. Fingers crossed it it gets greenlit. And then um, I have a TV company that, you know, which is what Proven Innocent came under was the TV company. And we're developing a whole slate of um, shows and going to try and get them on the air. You know, it's a really exciting time in television. You have all these outlets. Right. You know, the streamers and the cable stations Mm -hmm. um, and the networks, right? Everyone 
and and it seems that what is being successful now are things that are original and feel fresh and feel unique and so it's really opened up the industry from the buyer side to mm-hmm. being um you know excited about not your typical cookie cutter shows absolutely um, and that's a new that's new you know normally to do something unique uh was a major uphill battle but now it's sort of uh, all ideas welcome so yep we have a we have a fun slate and um you know we're just beginning we're we're, we're a few months into it but we're we're excited and hopefully we'll get something going well look I, we could not wish you more luck on it and we hope it all works out because we're excited to see what you got and uh you know we're just when you do you got to come back on of course <laughs> yeah, of course you guys are great oh well listen man we really appreciate it and look we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us uh like i said huge fan for a long time and we, we've got a lot of listeners that are huge fans and we we just we could not thank you enough for coming on and joining us man uh, my pleasure guys and best of luck with the podcast i mean uh i feel like you uh guys know exactly what you're doing so i see good things good things in your future and uh Let's keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely, Definitely. man. Appreciate it. And uh, you have a great rest of the night. And, uh, again, thank you, sir. Take care, guys. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Yeah. Man, the one and only Danny Strong. Oh, my goodness, man. Right? We, yeah, just a straight-up guy. I so wanted to ask him about Robin. We'll have to do that on the next one, yeah, you know, definitely. the boy wonder. But uh, yeah, just what a great guy, yeah, man. Seriously, even after all the success, even after being like under the wing of Quentin Tarantino, right, he's like, still a freaking just down to earth person. It's awesome to see how sometimes the industry does not change who you are. Yeah, just a straight up solid guy, man. Just ugh, awesome. Yeah, seriously. Awesome. Thank you again, Mr. Strong, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for our top five segment. And oh man, this week's top five is top five actors you want to see more of. These are the people who just impress you every time they're on screen, stage, or sing because you know people like uh, Jeremy Renner there is freaking everywhere who and knew? sings. Who yeah. knew? He's on a commercial. <laughs> I had no idea. Look, I'll be one of those people that says it. I didn't know he had a band. I didn't, I didn't know he sang. Exactly. And I'm watching this commercial and at the bottom it's says music by jeremy renner i'm like that jeremy what the fuck yeah jeremy renner he's good though yeah, he the good. Song, i found myself humming the song the right? rest of the day it was exactly. damn good so jeremy good. renner sings y'all go check that out exactly, exactly. <laughs> hawkeye i am just it's, saying uh, it's crazy man it's, it's crazy, crazy. Well, mine, I got Jennifer Gardner because Peppermint. Oh. I just hope that cemented her coming back to film. Yeah, and you know what we haven't heard any more about? We the talked alias. about it. The Alias yeah. reboot. Everybody said that was kicking, and J.J. Abrams and all that. Like, where is that? Because yeah, exactly. if ever there was a time for it, she is riding high right now with the success of Peppermint, with all of the stuff with Ben Affleck mm-hmm. and all that. She's like America's sweetheart right now. Exactly. If there was ever a time to reboot that show, and I know what you're thinking. Let's come on, send the comments fired away because we talk all about that and your reboots we don't want reboots we want to read about that fuck you it's jennifer garner exactly. we want a reboot of jennifer garner bring back alias exactly <laughs> i'm okay with an alias reboot i don't give a shit <laughs> except for <laughs> alias i'm good <laughs> hashtag hashtag except for alias i'm good with that reboot all right and then i got ellen page you know the girl oh, from juno man. she's having a nice little resurgence with uh, the umbrella academy right now on netflix yeah. so hopefully that continues moving forward 
And also, Cameron Diaz, she hasn't Ooh. worked since uh, Annie in 2014. Yeah. Like, not attached to anything. I looked yeah. up on IMDb. Like, not anything in development. So, I don't know what she's doing right now. I think she's just taking a nice little sabbatical. Maybe she's done. I don't know. But, I mean, I miss seeing her on screen, honestly. Yeah. yeah. She's good. She's, she's good. a great comedian. Yeah. She really is. She's funny as shit. Yeah. I mean. It'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. Uh, then I got Zach Braff. Mm. I'm. Personally, I love Garden State and I love Scrubs, so I just feel like he should be in more things. I watched the um, the ABC show that he was on for the first season, the one where he was a podcaster and right. he started that up, but it got canceled after the first season. Um, so hopefully he comes out with something new. And number my number one, Scott Foley. Mm. Honestly, I fucking loved Whiskey Cavalier. It was so good. Another oh, one that was canceled. Oh, so disappointed that got canceled. So disappointed. So good. So good. My, he's yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He I mean, in everything, I loved him in the unit. Mm-hmm. I know you're you you just had a big uh, seeing him a uh, Grey's Anatomy Grey's, had a yeah. nice little run on Grey's Anatomy. Um, and he worked with Jennifer Garner. Yeah, exactly. He was married to Jennifer hey, Garner for, married, for anybody yeah. who didn't know that. Uh, Jennifer's first husband. Coincidence there, JLo. <laughs> that you had both of them on there. But they, with JJ Abrams. Yeah, exactly. they were on the show Felicity. Yep. You guys remember that show Felicity? Yeah, I'm just saying. Just saying. That's a good list, bro. Thank you. That's thank a you. really good list. All right, all right. I'm gonna throw mine out there. I'm gonna start with 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 these two because you brought it up. Singing, uh-huh. uh, both these people sing. Did you know that? I Jason Ritter and Autumn Reeser. I did not they both know that. sing. Yeah, we know they're great actors, yeah. but they sing. They would be fantastic. If you guys haven't seen them work together, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because I want to see them work together again. Exactly. I, I mean, we I, I know this is people you want to see more of, and we see a lot of Autumn. She does the Hallmark movies and all the different kinds of things. But I, I put her on the list because I want to see her with Jason Ritter. Yeah. I think Jason Ritter has got to be one of the most talented yet underrated actors in this generation. Agreed. He's got all of the talent of his dad, more so in my opinion. Um. This guy's not just great at comedy. He's great at drama. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, if you should just follow him on social media, you could see how talented this guy is and how yeah. funny this guy is. And their chemistry together is spot on. Yeah. So that's why I say I would like to see these two work together on a project. I think it would be a huge hit for both of them. I would like to see how they, they've both been victims of here's a series that gets canceled after one season. Right. You know, or, or they have guest appearances on a series and that's all. Yeah. Um, I, I think they need a series. I think these two would be brilliant i think it'd be a huge hit on any of the streaming services okay let's make that happen <laughs> may whitman yeah. i know she's seen a kind of resurgence now on what is that good girls or on so, nbc yeah. um again one of those people who's just phenomenally talented mm-hmm. and i feel like doesn't get any of the recognition she really deserves i was so excited when i heard that that ellen degeneres was going to try to take uh, lauren graham's book uh someday someday maybe turn it into a series and that lauren and, and ellen both wanted may to play the main role mm-hmm. i was like hell yes it's gonna be fucking epic yeah. then cw passed on uh, it I'm like fuck you cw somebody picked that up because if you read the book and then you know lauren and may exactly. you'd know this would be a huge hit Agreed. Netflix, Apple, somebody pick that shit up. Agreed. Okay, m- these next ones. Mark Valley, who we've had on as a guest. Yep. Absolutely love. was a huge fan of Human Target. Uh, I just, I, I love him. I think he's a phenomenal actor, a phenomenal yeah. filmmaker. I want to see more of him. Yeah. Everything that he's ever been in, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Fringe, everything. Guy needs another show. I agree. I don't know if he wants to do another show. I know he's been doing that, what is that, Relics show on yeah. NBC? Yeah. He's doing some guest spots on there. Maybe, maybe make him a regular. Yeah. You know, bring him in Seriously. and keep him as 
as a regular, but um. And then we were talking about last week, Joe Rogan's one about the UN. Like he'd yes, be perfect in that. He would be perfect in that. Oh my god, yeah, because he's such a. Uh, listen to his podcast, the live drop, man, yeah. brilliant podcast. But I want to see him on the screen more. Yeah. Uh, fuck, bring back Human Target. Exactly. You know they they're showing all the old episodes on DC Universe. Yeah. Fucking make new episodes, DC Universe. Exactly. I mean, it's a so great good. show, and you got money now. Exactly. You know the reason it got canceled because it was too expensive. Oh really? But. You can do it now. You yeah. got budget. And then mine, I, funny, and I didn't even do this on purpose, but bringing up Fringe, Joshua Jackson. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. And, and no, where's he been in yeah. like anything? I yeah. mean, they were talking for a little bit about doing another Mighty Ducks and would he come back or whatever. But um, I mean, this guy, brilliant fucking yeah. actor. Seriously. Everything he's touched has been brilliant. But yeah, he's been like, where you at, bro? Yeah. I would love to see more Joshua Jackson. Yeah. I just think this is a guy who screams. I'm surprised he hasn't had more success film wise. Yeah. Because he, he's just, he's got a huge presence mm. and he's just a great actor. I'd, yeah. Just in something. I'd maybe give him another series, but. That's exactly. my list, man. Just some people to bring Just back. Just some people to bring back. That's exactly. all I'm saying. Exactly. We'll work with any of you guys. Yeah, Just seriously. Just, you know, I mean, come on. Exactly. You, guys, you guys know we don't just do this podcast. We're in development on some stuff. Call us. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Hit us up. Hit us up. Hit us up. Oh, man. Now it's time to go over to a box office recap. And I got to say, since nothing new came out last week, it was a pretty slow week, I must say. Uh, yeah, Angels has fallen at number one with $11.7 million. Like, that's it. Like... Yeah, I'm a little upset. I like at least I feel like an average week is like 20 to 30. That's an yeah. average one and then anything above 30 is pretty successful depending on the budget. Yeah. Depending yeah. on the budget. But when it's like in the low teens, I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of sad to be honest. But I predicted 10 to 15 million. Number 2 was Good Boys with 9.5 million and I predicted 10 10 to 15 million. Number 3 was Lion King. With 6.9 million, I predicted 9 to 12. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw was 6.5 million, I predicted 5 to 10. And Ready or Not was number five with 5.9 million, which I did not get right. I had Overcomer in the fifth spot. Yeah. So yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is. But we are going to see an over $50 million box office weekend from one film this week, a new film that is coming out, It Chapter 2. Mm, are you Finally. ready for the It experience? Yes. yes. We know Rebecca Kennedy was. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love those pictures of her with the balloons right. and shit. That shit was it, 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 She's the one person who is, like, the most adorable person ever. Ever. You're like, you know, oh my gosh, she's the girl next door. But then creepy as fuck. Yeah, you're like, when she's holding balloons, you know, yeah. we know she's a big horror guy yeah. fan. And like, yeah, she got that look like, I'm, I, is she adorable or right. going to kill me? Exactly. Like, just a Rebecca. Slasher, yeah. We're going to have to have her back on the show to talk about it. Yeah. I just want to talk to her after she's seen the movie. Exactly. Because she, you know she's going to be pumped. Exactly. exactly. All right, Rebecca, we're calling you. You're definitely, coming back. Definitely. Movies you can still see this week are Hobbs and Shaw, Lion King, Stories to Tell in the Dark, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Good Boys, uh, Angels Have Fallen, Overcomer, and Ready or Not. Mm. Yep, I mean, there's some good ones out, honestly. Uh, but, of course, I think number one is going to be It Chapter 2. I think it's going to get around 85 to $95 million. It might break $100 million, but if so, it's going to be the low $100 million. It's like maybe $103 million, $102 million. So, I mean, Warner Brothers needs a win. Again, <laughs> Warner Brothers needs I a win. I think this will be one, though. And they're, they're, they're doing really so. I, I saw we drove by the other day, and they've got the water tower painted, yeah. you know, for – you know, it, it, I like – that's the one crazy thing I love about this town is, like, everywhere you go – 
Like, you know, remember Stranger Things when it's launched to the entire town? The Hollywood Boulevard yeah. was the entire Hopkins, town. Hopkins. Yeah. I just, I love this town when they do that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Number two, I think, will be Angels is Fallen with around five to ten million. Number three, I think, will be Good Boys with around three to five million. Number four, I think, will be Lion King with three to five million. And number five, I think, will be Ready or Not with three to five million. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, yeah. you know. We it, did predict right, by the way, even though you, you didn't have it. Uh, the extended cut of Spider-Man did see a huge resurgence back in the box office. Nice. It bumped back up. So, while not in the top five, oh, excuse me, it did bump back up like we thought that yeah. it would. Makes and I sense. didn't know this. Um, I saw, I read this today. Uh, Endgame is still in theaters. Really? Apparently Shit. on a few screens still wow. and continuing to add to that all-time total. That's wild. I think Disney's just going to leave it there until somebody doesn't play it anymore. Right, like, well, just fuck it. Keep, if it made 50 bucks today, that's 50 more you got to beat on the all-time <laughs> total. I think they're just going to let it play until somebody <laughs> like mean, finally you know. says, oh, do we keep playing this? Right, like, you know. exactly. It's going to extend that record until you can't touch it. Like, that's hilarious. Oh, man. But now it is time for the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. Oh, man, we love this app. We've been using it a lot this week because <laughs> We just used it on this show. Exactly. Like, come on, Ex- twice. Exactly. But we've been using it for our own projects. Oh, boy. Episodic feature animated series. Like, we have so much going yeah, on. Yeah, did you know that you can launch a casting call mm-hmm. on IMDb Pro? Exactly. You can do your own casting call and have people that are on IMDb Pro pro submit to your project exactly you didn't know you could do that get imdb pro exactly exactly it's so amazing so amazing well the top trending movie this week is still once upon a time in hollywood the top trending show i predicted this right last week is 13 reasons why it's making a nice little resurgent coming back into the trending and the top trending star is Margaret Qualley. Yep. As she is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Andy McDowell's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep, yep. But yeah, she is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you do not know who she is, she is the um, the hippie bitch who brings Brad Pitt back to the ranch. Yep. So, the nice. hippie bitch. <laughs> That's how she's credited, I think. Yeah, hippie bitch. Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> So no. funny, so funny. Oh man, well, <laughs> I can. Well, we've got the e next to it. She's actually pussy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really want to know who she plays in the yeah, movie, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. one of the best lines in the thing. We all love pussy. Yeah, hey, hey, <laughs> and what's Brad Pitt's? Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Such, Such a good movie. Yeah, man. no, it was so good. So, so good. good. Oh man, let's switch it up to music <laughs> a little bit. Oh. Goodness, Billboard chart toppers. We got some new stuff. We got some new stuff. The top vinyl album sales goes to a different side of a different shade of blue by Knock Loose. Uh, the top digital albums are still Hello from Vegas. Lionel Richie still killing it. Hello. Yeah, basically. Is uh, it me you're looking for? <laughs> or is it Lionel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the top streaming song is. Lucky still... I'm gonna drink wine and dance on the ceiling. Exactly. <laughs> Is Ransom Lil Tecca. And the uh, radio song this week is I Don't Care by Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. Did you see Justin Bieber's um, post that he made about abusing drugs and just all basically the dark side of the, the industry? The dark side of the industry. Like we talk about each week, guys. Like if you're in the entertainment industry, you want to make sure that 
like you're being taken care of in the right way he was such he was 14 years old and he got all this fame this credibility everybody loved him and then when he started to grow up people started judging him because he was becoming himself he was finding himself and that takes a toll on you it takes a toll on your life so if you're young and in the entertainment industry make sure to take care of yourself first and foremost just saying i think he's on that path now though because the yeah. first thing you have to do is admit, admit that you it. have a problem yeah admit pardon me that you're a douchebag yeah, right and uh, he is now yeah. he's like look it got to me i had some shit i got yeah. a lot of stuff to deal with but he's on that path now so exactly. good luck justin i yeah. mean i really hope it works out seriously seriously the artist of the week is taylor swift you know her new album's out and apparently it's doing really well it's different than anything else she's ever done so make sure to go check that out you know and good for her because I, everybody was worried yeah Let, let's be honest about it if for for good or for bad her successful albums have been where she's broken up with people and then wrote songs about them. Exactly. Everybody was like, shit, she's been in a relationship a while now and she's really happy. What yep. the fuck is this album going to sound exactly. like? But apparently it's good. Exactly. Apparently Lover is good. So, uh, exactly. you know, exactly. no worries. Exactly. She can write even when she's happy. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. So funny. And the Billboard Top 200 albums goes to Young Thug with so much fun. He's still up there. That's the second straight week. And... The top digital song sales and the Hot 100 goes to Lizzo's Truth Hurt. She's making a nice little impact to the entertainment world. She just had a great performance at the VMAs. Queen Latifah was rocking and rolling with her. I saw that video trending everywhere. So, cool, cool. Yeah, she's really making a good impact, honestly, honestly. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming and getting crazy on this show. We got to thank Danny Strong one more time for taking some time out of your busy, busy day I to mean, seriously. talk to us. And, cause... like, honestly, as nice a guy as he is talented, I mean, what, it's so awesome for him to just come on the show. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Like exactly. you said, busy as shit. Yeah, seriously. I mean, just appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, it's Strong Danny, and on Twitter, it's Danny Strong. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, he's strong. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at crazyantmedia.com. Not only on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube, Reddit, <laughs> everywhere. We got social media platforms everywhere on Facebook. And follow us personally. I'm at JLo Fantastic on Instagram and Twitter. And at CrazyAntGuy1970. That's right. That's right. And make sure to subscribe to this podcast on anywhere you get your podcast Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. We're everywhere on all the major podcast platforms. And be sure to visit our website, CrazyAntMedia.com. Where you can read our professional bios, go into our Inside the Crazy Ant Farm page, watch some videos when we were doing those. We're going to get back into those soon, so stay tuned for that. And make sure to go over to our merchandise page where we sell hats, shirts, hoodies, tank tops, bags, so much stuff over there. It's honestly so amazing and at such a great price. You will not be disappointed. Make sure to stay crazy, guys. And one more thing. Oh, from...